1: Welcome back. It is the big show. I'm Gordon Monson. Hans Olsen is nice enough to sit in uh, with me today. And uh, we also have a treat. Uh, Scotty Gerard just walked in the room. And we're about to introduce David James onto our show. And I just wondered if you guys have any DJ stories you
2: might want to share before we bring them on. Scotty,
3: why don't you start? What's All your right. best
2: DJ story? My best DJ story. So I just barely started producing you and Bowler back in the day. And um, for some reason, and it's funny because you just brought it. We were just talking about him during the break. John Lund, I don't know where Lund was at at the time, but you wanted to bring Lund on to talk about something in the market he was in. And so Lund comes on, and Lund immediately starts talking about his Salt Lake City days and about he and DJ hanging out in New Orleans, and he got pretty... Detailed with about what about what happened?
1: Were they down at Pat O'Brien's? I don't. They, I, I, I'm not
2: even going to get yeah. into right. it because because of the rest of the story I'm about to tell. Was now it, DJ's uh, were like there dancers there? No, I'm not. I'm not going to say anything. Uh, all I'm saying is that DJ it, it was always like super nice and very. When I got to meet him at jazz games and stuff, he was always very complimentary and giving you advice and stuff like that. And still is this day. But I took that lunch stuff and I made a daily promo out of it. <laughs> and. Uh, I got hellfire and damnation for DJ <laughs> on that one. He was not happy, and it was not a good thing to do, and I feel like I've still apologized to this day you about pass that. You passive-aggressive little punks. You yeah. passive-aggressive little punks. We, haven't, we, haven't,
1: uh, we haven't turned DJ on yet. We're keeping him uh, isolated
2: right now. Oh, and th- there's only been two times he's been really upset with me. There's that one, and then there was another time where I was doing like a BYU post game and then came in the next morning, and DJ goes, are you tired? I'm like, oh, man, you have no idea. And at that time, DJ was doing all kinds of stuff, <laughs> and still is. And then he looked at me like, you little... Yeah, only co- probably a little bit more graphic than that, and I'm like, okay, you're right. That was another mistake. That's a, Other than that, it's been nothing but sunshine and daisies with DJ.
3: Uh, I my, my favorite DJ story is I when I first came back and came over to 1280. What seven years now? Almost eight years? Whatever it is, we're going on eight. Went to a company party and I for the first time saw DJ eat and. Instantly, I was impressed. <laughs> I was like, look, Joey that was, chestnut. that's a clean plate. And that was fast. And then I called some of the guys. He, DJ left the table, and I called while I was still at the table. I'm like, have you ever seen DJ eat? It's impressive. <laughs> and uh, I quickly got
2: feedback of, oh, It's legendary. There's like some 2 mil story. Yeah, or... he went to breakfast, and finished a breakfast before everybody else, and then ordered round number two. <laughs> I was not there, but it's been verified by multiple sources. Uh, Ask PK on that one.
3: That's so good.
1: <laughs> Should we bring DJ DJ, uh, are you with us? Hey, DJ. Uh, that breakfast,
4: I was sitting across from Ryan Hatch and next to Pat Kenahan, <laughs> and I knocked it out. I'm telling you, I knocked it out. It's a village inn on 4th, South, and Nineties. East. And Ryan looked at me and said, order another one. You know what you want to. It's on the company. (laughs) And so I did. And I really shouldn't have. I was really uncomfortable
1: after but it tasted so good. (laughs) What's the secret to uh, quick, uh, voluminous eating? How do you do it? Uh, Training. It's training. And it really is. Well, first off, probably a
4: fast eater anyway, you know. Grew up with three boys and a dad, and if you didn't throw it down, somebody else did. So you better eat, right? So early training—that's key. And then hands—you might have gone through that. Oh, yeah. um, and then second, uh, radio, because you get someone brings in a warm breakfast, like a, you know, some kind of warm egg sandwich or something. Scott—he's done it. Well, not anymore, but he used to do it a lot. He doesn't care anymore. Um, he's over us. And so you got to eat it before it gets cold, because if you do another twenty-minute segment, then then it's just nasty don't want any part of that so you gotta throw it down
1: and because the breaks are so short you gotta yeah,
4: exactly worry. yeah you got your six minute break before you have your 20 minute second now the uh the story that scotty left out because it doesn't reflect poorly on me it reflects more poorly on him <laughs> scotty do you remember when you were working in radio and logan doing post-game shows and you might have limited up the lazy salt lake city media for never coming up <laughs> to Logan to cover the ad. Scotty did that
5: <laughs>
1: oh, Except, oh, yeah. get in here <laughs> <No>. <laughs> get he in here
4: he literally mentioned me by name and I was listening sitting in a car with a channel 2 photographer just driving out of Logan having done post game
2: you mentioned DJ <laughs> by name I, didn't, I don't think I mentioned DJ by name you
4: did too <laughs> so own it own it. Did you, you mention DJ it? by name? I,
3: this is like
2: 20 years ago. I don't remember this.
3: So you said <laughs> Lazy Salt Lake Media, specifically Dave. I James. think I said Dave Fox. I'm
2: pretty sure that's what I said. I think say. you threw
4: out other names. I think you threw out other names. Um, but I was definitely on a list, a headliner.
1: So, wait a minute. So, uh, Scotty, Scotty, so I mean, until until you took the play-by-play job at Utah State, you became one of the hated.
2: I became here. one of the lazy Salt Lake media uh, members, yeah, mm-hmm. probably.
3: Is that what Ajay's calling us now? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nobody cares about that. <laughs> All right, Scotty. Hey, oh, uh,
3: DJ, take us back to the infamous sickness where you couldn't even do talking sports. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Anytime I take off one show, they always. <laughs> if I take off at one place, especially um, under some previous management at Channel 2, if I was off at one place, then was I off at the other? And once upon a time, there was an issue about that, although there shouldn't have been. And ever since then, I've been a little oversensitive, and I made a mistake of putting it on Scotty's voicemail, Scotty <laughs> put it on the freaking air.
3: So he took it off his voicemail and put it on air? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, were, Scotty, how, were you you feel okay about Scottie,
2: that? One? Uh, I felt 100 percent okay with that because oh, I was oh. up in Idaho at the time when I got the voicemail, so I had to leave all my family up in Idaho, come <laughs> down here, because PK was out too, and host that show. And so I've been known to lift a voicemail or a 911 call every now and then. So exactly,
3: exactly. Uh, well, DJ, you, you've
2: handled it beautifully over the years. <laughs>
3: But, well
4: that's it for the segment. I don't no, know what we're, no, no, we're, we're, we're just getting started
1: here, man. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. DJ, okay, since we're since we're goofing around here a little bit, what's it like doing a show with Pika?
4: <laughs> it's a constant adventure. You never know where we're going doesn't matter. I love it when we had a consultant and he said, and you should plan this, you should plan it." And I'm looking down and like, you have never done a show P.K. <laughs> I mean, it's good to have like a ballpark idea. But you have to be prepared for anything at any moment. I mean, if he sees something on Twitter that he fancies, boom, there we go. Plan, gone.
1: One time, one time I subbed in for you and you were gone, and uh, we were going back and forth, P.K., and I and uh, I it was like it was it was like uh, it was like wrangling cats. It really and then uh, somebody uh, sent in a message and said, "Hey Monson, we can tell that uh, you haven't gotten DJ's training to keep him under control." <laughs> and I thought to myself, "Okay, well DJ's better at it than I am, but uh, I bet DJ doesn't uh,
3: have it all the way down either."
4: You never know. You never know, man. You just try to stay on the bull for eight seconds, and then you hear the horn, and you're good to go.
3: (laughs) What was the most angry you've ever been at PK in your 20-whatever years it is now?
4: Um, It uh, was—I don't remember exactly what set it off, but it was probably about 2008. Because at that point, we were actually getting it under control and getting in a pretty good place, and I can't remember— I honestly can't remember what set me off, but I remember thinking, I thought we were past all this
5: crap. (laughs)
4: The first two or three years, we knew we were figuring it out. But, you know, you get to, like, five or six, you think you got a down pat.
1: Did you ever call him an idiot like you did me when we were doing a show together? No, I don't think so. I don't. I think I saved that for you. I, I You called Gordon an idiot? Yeah, he did. On the air. Do you remember what we were talking about? <laughs> I don't. It's just I the, do. the
4: details all get runny after. What we were, we kinda, were
1: talking about whether—I don't know if it's because the Chargers were having problems in San Diego. Who would have thunk? But we were talking about an NFL team coming to Salt Lake City, and I said I thought it would work. And you were bringing up all these concerns that were legitimate concerns, but I kept saying I think it would work. And he said, you're being an idiot.
3: (laughs) I swear I hear PK call somebody a friggin' idiot every single morning. (laughs) (laughs) You're
1: a friggin' idiot. DJ, what what are you looking forward to this college football season? What's on your mind as far as when you think about the various local teams?
4: Well, number one, I'm just looking forward to just kind of the tradition and pace of a normal college football season because although we had some games last year, I don't know what that was. That was, you know, that was supposed to be an omelet that then got messed up into a hash and the dog ate half of it off the plate. You know, it was really weird when it was all done. So I am looking forward to just kind of like a a normal trend and all that. I guess um, I just think for the Utes and for the Cougars, there are realistic high hopes. And every year, there are college teams with realistic high hopes who get them dashed. So certainly, it could fall apart for either or both teams. But both teams. But I think that um, you know, there's a chance here to have nine or ten win seasons. Uh, you know, throwing the, it's a little easier for the youths than the Cougars. I'd really be surprised by tens, the Cougars. But the, you know, the youth can get to play an extra game if they get to the conference title game. Um, and so, I'm just eager to see if they can pull that off. You know, in BYU's case, it's the point where. You don't really have to rebuild if you pull that off, and if you do, your rebuilding isn't painful at all. You know, eight and four is in a big glorious season, but it's also not a painful rebuilding season for all the guys they sent to the NFL. And for the Utes, can they win? Can they win the division for the third time in four years? Get another shot at the Pac-12 title. I don't think it'll be a long, dramatic rollout for the youths uh, That game with USC which is game number five, and they do have a bye week to get ready for it, that, that's just a huge game. Uh, if you win that, you're in the driver's seat, you're the favorite. It's, uh, there's a lot of work still to be done. If you lose it, man, it becomes borderline impossible at that point. You've got to play Oregon, and they don't, and you're already down a game and a tiebreaker. That's a rough spot to be in. you know. So if they lose it, the division dream is uh, hanging by a thread at best. Um, I mean, It's possible USC loses to Stanford. Week two, in which case that would, uh, you know, the division still be up in the air, but they would still have the harder path.
3: DJ, is 10 coming? I believe it is.
4: It is what I will pick unless I see something really unusual when BYU plays Arizona. I can't imagine I'm going to see anything in the Utah-Weaver State game unless it's a massive wave of injuries. that would change my opinion of the Utes. I just don't think we'll get that much info on the youths playing a big sky team they will largely come out of it being you know they are who we thought that we they were that kind of stuff i expect um where's with byu we could get I, I expect byu to win uh they're favored by 11. i think that's probably the right ballpark for that line um so i'm, I'm gonna keep picking utah until i see further you know for you have a college quarterback making his what it'll be his third or fourth start uh fourth i think um it's not a lot of experience against a guy who's going to have started 30-whatever games. <laughs> um, so I think I will, I will pick Utah. That's what I will expect. Nothing's final until you get to the week of the game. But uh, that's what I expect. The thing is, I think that given the schedule, that is arguably, I think, well, not really arguably, I think that is definitely one of BYU's two or three toughest games. So could they lose that game and still go 9-3? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So it's different than it was when you played hands because Mm -hmm. then it the last game of the season was the ultimate game. There was no bounce back. You know, all the chips were in the middle of the table and all those kind of cliches. And now it's game two, so it's a big game. But whether you win or lose, you just don't get to celebrate a moat for very long because you had another... You've got another big game coming up. The Utes at that point will be two weeks away from the conference opener and four weeks away from the USC game. And BYU will have to turn around and play Arizona State, which will be a big game in its own right. They want to recruit Arizona. They have to recruit against ASU at times. So whether they beat the Utes or whether they lose to the youths, they need to beat ASU. So whether they win or lose, you know, you get to celebrate that night. But when you're back in the film room on Monday, you got to be moving on.
3: Who's more negatively impacted by a loss than that?
4: Uh, Well, I would say Utah.
3: Because BYU loses a game and all of a sudden the season just feels like a big old wash of nothing.
5: (laughs) Well,
4: (laughs) I think – I mean, I don't think BYU is a new quarterback and replacing uh, five guys who are drafted and a dozen guys who are in NFL camps. I don't think they're going to be in the fourteen playoff anyway. So – I don't know what they lose when they lose that game. You're right. They probably won't go to the playoff, but then they're going to have to get to like 8-0 and be highly ranked before I even want to seriously consider it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just can't get nutso about something that's that far away. I mean, Donovan Mitchell is a great example, right? He will be an unrestricted free agent one day, and when he is, he can leave, and he might, and if he does, that will hurt. And now at least he's into the contract that could be his last one. When he plays his first game this year, it'll be his first game in the new contract. But there were fans who would call our show and probably you guys' shows too, you know, and, and they would tweet at us or whatever, and they would want to talk about this. I'm like, he's not even in the last contract. I'm not going to talk about it yet. It's too far away. I know you're right. It could happen, but I don't want to think about it now. And it's that way with BYU. I mean, sure, they could make a playoffs, but... Man, they'll have to be 8-0 and really highly ranked, and other teams will have to be losing. And at that point, we can get all sorts of fired up. But I think early in the season, I'm just watching BYU play a game to watch BYU play a game. You know, how good are they? Can they win? Can they replace all these guys who they sent to the
5: NFL pretty quickly?
1: DJ, in the name of Hacksaw Hamilton, Jaron <laughs> Hall named his BYU starter.
5: React.
4: <laughs> Reaction. <laughs> Point Loma, Oceanside, Poway, I want to hear from you. (sighs) Not surprising. PK was telling me in spring football, he's a mobile quarterback. The other guys aren't. Uh, It's his job. It's his job to lose. You know, that's – everybody wants a mobile quarterback. Kyle has said a million times how hard it is to defend a mobile quarterback. So when he became a head coach, he always wanted one. Kalani and A-Rod both coached for him for a long time. They think a lot of the same things he thinks – so, if you have a chance to get a good mobile quarterback, well, we only saw a little bit of him two years ago, but what we saw was exciting. So, if he's healthy and he doesn't turn the ball over in practice a lot, he's going to be the guy. And A-Rod came out and said he made a bunch of big plays and turned the ball over very often, and he's the guy. So, I think uh, you know what we pretty much expected we had plenty of people before i knew anything or heard anything for myself there were plenty of people around me pk included but other people too saying oh you watch it's gonna be Hall,"
1: and it is hmm. well we'll see how it turns out you know one thing about mobile quarterbacks if they rely on their legs too much dj you know what happens especially with a guy who has suffered a concussion or two in his time
5: uh,
4: we were just talking about this this morning, that, um, and when we were talking about BYU, we were talking about Utah, but I think it goes for both schools. In Utah's case, Kyle can sit down the backup quarterback and point out and say the backup quarterback has had to start at least four games, and maybe more than that in three of the last four years. So if you want to sit here and mope, do it, but you're not going to be ready when your chance comes and you're going to blow it. Huntley's senior year, they kept him healthy. He got through the whole season. But last year they had an injury. His junior year they had an injury. Huntley's sophomore year he had an injury. So if you're a backup quarterback, you got to be ready to play because injuries happen all the time. And BYU can pull out a bunch of years in the last decade where their third-string quarterback played. So I fully expect that Arod and Kalani know all of this and that the second and third-string quarter well, I expect that all the quarterbacks were told that in the spring at BYU. That hey, we've been three deep, and there's three of you battling for the starting job. And however it plays out, be ready because how many times the third string guy is the starting guy?
1: DJ, thanks for joining us. We appreciate uh, your thoughts today.
4: Anytime you can thanks hear for all the stories, you, you can... <laughs> I appreciate it. A small percentage of them.
1: You can you can hear <laughs> DJ and <laughs> PK every morning here from six to ten. Thanks, DJ. Thanks, DJ. Appreciate it, man. All right, see ya. All right, Austin. Why don't we head on at the end? Oh, okay. He said, "I
3: appreciated a small percentage."
1: I thought they were good stories. I thought, yeah, they were. Oh, and that's just the tip of the iceberg, hands. Scotty and I were talking about this that we should do a history of sports talk radio uh, show. And uh, as long as we wouldn't have to be censored too much, it could really be.
6: It it could get really fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's do it sometime. Austin, you got Andrew? Got Andrew. Andrew is uh, with us once again from Wasatch Medical Clinic. 801-901-8000. By this time, Andrew, I think our listeners are familiar with you, and they've probably heard it from time to time and go, oh, that's not for me. But uh, more often than not, it might be, won't it?
5: Yeah, that's right. Uh, As we age younger than we'd like, uh, performance in the bedroom can decline. Blood flow gets a little bit restricted. Uh, One of the leading causes, by the way, of erectile dysfunction is damaged blood vessels and restricted blood flow, which makes sense. The technology at Wasatch Medical Clinic is clinically proven to open up and regrow those blood vessels. You can imagine what your relationship might look like with 40 or 50 percent more blood flow. Uh, Probably pretty good things. The intimacy would be better. The frequency would be better. And I happen to believe that when Things go well in the bedroom. They go well outside of the bedroom. Uh, Stress, anxiety maybe, and just overall happiness and sense of well-being. That improves with our patients after they've gone through the treatments.
6: Is this something that uh, our listeners would be encouraged to maybe come with their partner uh, in tow with them?
5: You know, that happens all the time. And guys that come in sometimes say, hey, I'm surprised there's a lot of spouses, a lot of wives here, uh, pretty common. I think it's cool because ED doesn't just affect the man. It affects the significant other. There's two people involved. And almost always the spouses or the partners are cheering the man on. Let's get this fixed. I want it to. And that's a great thing.
6: 801-901-8000. Get rid of the pills. Forget about surgeries and injections and all the nasty, unfun things. And uh, you've got an assessment for our listeners today at a great price.
5: We do. Uh, We know that we want to have everybody screened by a medical doctor just to optimize results. Um, And not everybody's a candidate. Most people are, but not everybody. We'll do that assessment, the exam and blood flow ultrasound free. You'll get the very popular gift produces pretty much immediate results in the bedroom. Uh, It's all totally no charge.
6: The free exam, the free ultrasound, a free gift, all no charge at Wasatch Medical Clinic. Call today, 801-901-8000. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, guys. More of the big show up next. You'll hear from Kyle Whittingham here on The Zone.
0: Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Cougars at 30 update on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
6: BYU announced Jaron Hall will be their starting quarterback against Arizona a week from Saturday. Kalani Sitake was asked what separated Jaron Hall from Baylor Romney and Jacob Conover.
4: Making plays consistently. I mean, everyone had, had their moments. And then... You know, when you're going against in a time where where they know there's a competition i think it's where uh, a lot of them could be conservative i saw all three of them being really aggressive uh trying to take the spot and um you saw a lot of success but um you know Especially for me defensively, I, I didn't like seeing the quarterback do so well often with all three of them, but um, it, was, it was good work for all of us. We, we made an agreement as a staff to, to try to get as much 11-on-11 11 11 football out there and, and try to decide who our starting quarterback will be in, in a situation where you're playing real football and not doing it completely on Skelly.
6: Your pets are angels, but urine soaked carpet is a nightmare for your house. Zero Res has a specialized method to remove stains that leave your carpet clean and smelling fresh. Schedule your appointment with Zero Res Carpet Cleaning today. Zero Res, Salt lake.com. Up north, it's Zero Res, Davis, Weber.com.
1: Big Show. I'm Gordon Monson. Hans Olson is in the building, sitting in for the vacationing. Jake Scott, did we determine whether it was a vacation or a trip? Yesterday was a vacation
6: based on the picture we got. Yeah. Today, well, I, I assume, would be a trip. Yeah. What do you think about that, Hans?
1: Because what, what, when you have two kids that are four and under, yeah. and you're on a supposed vacation,
3: uh, is it is that's that a, a It's a trip. What, what, he, so he's got the, the youngins with mm-hmm. him? Yeah, that's, it's, it's a trip. It's just a, a dad spending money to try to... <laughs> <laughs> Try to lift the spirits of a mom that's overworked and underpaid. That's just the way it is.
1: So uh does a trip uh mean that it's miserable?
3: Uh can be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It can be. Well my girls were that age, I, Mackie and Riley were that about that age and and Amanda and I had I was still in the AFL in Amanda, and I had just gotten a a new Nissan Altima with a cream-colored interior. Mm -hmm. And my girls were thirsty, so I pulled over and got them those squeeze with the pop-off tops. (laughs) Uh Uh, One cherry and one grape, gave it to them. (laughs) And they got it down okay. Like, I'm like, hey, we're doing good. And then I hear—all I hear was from Ashlyn, my older one, and she goes— I feel sick, and just sprayed that grape-colored all over my grape-colored. Did you get it out? Oh man, I slammed on the brakes, jumped off the freeway, and just got outside of the car. Shut the door, said some horrible words, and grabbed grabbed what little hair I had, and I just there was nothing enjoyable, nothing. (laughs) And, I mean, it's it's a funny story now, but at the time, Gordon, if I could have just walked from that car and just left it all, Amanda <laughs> and the kids, I probably would have. He were to jump just, uh,
1: jump ship in Tibet and get out of there. Oh forever? man, I probably would have just walked from the whole thing. Uh, you know, I've I, I've, to- I, I've told this story before. Austin's heard it, but I'll go ahead and tell it. Hans, I want to get your reaction. Uh, it wasn't even a really a vacation. It was a day trip. And we took our two youngest, our two oldest, who were very young at the time, uh, to Magic Mountain. Uh-huh. And my wife says, "Okay, I'll take Lauren, the oldest, and we'll we'll go on some bigger rides." And you you spent some time with Aaron, who was quite young at that time. And we went to all the the kiddie stuff. And we said we'll meet back here in two and a half hours. Well, we split up. They're going on all the fun rides, and I got the little one. And we we uh we, we had a little bit of fun and we came back and we came back to the rendezvous spot and we waited and we waited <laughs> and it was a hundred and five degrees out and I was melting. I was expiring and i had to, I had to go to the bathroom, right? So I said, come on honey, let's go over to and we go to this washroom and uh at a at a park, an amusement park. So just picture that. Will and Smells nice. Yeah, we go in clean, and uh, we, I, uh, you know, I, I took care of my business, and she stood there when I, I went over to wash my hands, and she looks at me and she says, "Washy hands, washy hands," and she runs toward one of the, uh, t- toward the urinal, <laughs> and it was one of those old urinals that have water in them, you know, yeah. and she goes, "Yeah, washy hands," and she <laughs> sticks her hands. In the freaking urinal. And it hadn't been flushed. (laughs) Hadn't been flushed. And I'm kind of a germaphobe. I said, no! (laughs) And I grab her hands and I pull them out of the urinal and it sloshes (laughs) across my face. (laughs) That's a horrible day. So now I'm quite literally pissed off and pissed on. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I'm scrubbing my face and everything, and you know, and we we're scrubbing our hands, you know, and we go back outside into the 105 degree heat, and uh, my wife uh, showed up about an hour and a half later.
3: <laughs> so she, so about two hour total. She was about two hours late. Ah, uh,
1: somewhere in that range. Yeah, and I was. I w- it was not. A, it was not a vacation at that point. <laughs> sitting there, smelling like urine. And then we're we're driving home, and she says, "Let's stop at a restaurant." <laughs> <laughs> man, I just wanted to go through a power
3: wash. You know. Oh yeah,
1: anyway, you need, a, you need kids, a shower.
3: Kids, what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah, kids. Kids are tough, man. So Jake's. He's on a. It's just a trip, not a vacation. It's a trip. It's going to be a lot of work. Yeah. Well, we,
1: we hope and he Ness makes it needs a break. Dang it! Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, she works hard, uh, and, and Jake uh, contributes. You know, don't you think? You think? Uh, you think Jake's having fun, Austin?
3: No. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna venture a guess and say no. I took my family to Yellowstone, and Rock was f- about five. And he just was all over the place, running all over the place. And there's, you've been to Yellowstone? Yeah. They've got those boardwalks over the kind of like right. the, the hot lava, like uh-huh. plant, like bubbling hot water. <laughs> That's so
1: dangerous. Man. And
3: I, ke- I kept telling my son, I'm like, and they don't have guardrails, mm. they're just walks over this stuff. I kept telling him, don't run away from me, don't. And he kept running away and kept running away. Well, he gets on one boardwalk and he's running and now he's 20 feet away. And I said, Rock, stop. And now he's like 40 feet away. And the boardwalk's full. It's pro- There's probably 40 people. And Rock is still running. And I just, I lose it. Something just flips in my brain. And I said, take one more step and you're dead! <laughs> I'm sure that didn't alarm anybody. The entire, every, nobody moved on the boardwalk. Like everybody stopped and was like, oh, oh. And, and Rock did stop. He did stop. <laughs> it worked. He saw everybody else stopped. He's like, I better stop. But it was a matter of safety. It was a matter of safety. And I couldn't keep it. I, you know, I didn't want to be the leash dad. I don't, want to, I don't want to put him with a little, you know, backpack teddy bear that has a leash that pulls out of it. But I was considering it. Have you ever done that? No, I haven't. Yeah. I've, I've contemplated it a thousand times.
1: Well, in that case, I mean, he could have fallen in or he could have knocked somebody else in. Yeah. And so this was a, a matter of desperation. And Hans, it's not like you're five foot seven. No. You know? No. When you scream like that, I mean, I think you're going to get
3: a little attention. Yeah, and I did. Everybody stopped. And I was with my brother, and he's like, hey, man, probably a little bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> little, uh, it was a teach- teaching moment. Yeah, it was a teaching for, for moment. You. I learned.
1: So, uh, Hans, real quick, we were talking about talent at BYU and Utah. Um, yeah. We covered the offense at BYU. What about that defense this year? Because there are questions there.
3: Well, I think the defense is I kind of like the offense. You know, I, I know that you asked me about depth. And the the starting unit, like the starting five up front offensively for BYU is as good as anybody in the state. I really believe that. Really? And yeah, I do. Uh, one guy that everybody needs to look out for is Joe Tukoafu, believe it or not. He's a right guard for BYU. Like that, that starting five is as good as anybody in the state. It's just what's behind them. You know, they, they lost so much. And what is impressive is they had the depth to replace what they lost, but they don't have the depth to replace what replaced what they lost. I got you. Does that make sense? Yeah, uh-huh. And that's same defensively. You know, you got uh, Mahe, who's going to replace Kairos Tonga, and you've got some options. You know, Gabe Summers, who's dealt with some injury, but Gabe Summers was fantastic in that, in that COVID season last year. Multiple TFLs, huge moments, big plays in the defensive backfield. In fact, one of the more dynamic and big playmaking defensive tackles that we've seen from BYU in some time. Obviously, Kairos Tonga is the big push and and the the big show, but Gabe was really good in dynamic and pass rush off the three technique. The the problem is, so you had the depth last year to replace what you were losing, but now you've thinned out your depth with maybe the exception of linebackers. And I, I talked about this yesterday. This is really important for BYU fans to recognize and know. Uh, Kevin Kloon is a very long-tenured coach. He has been in coordinating positions, and he has been with Power 5 schools, and he, he is a long-tenured coach. And he was just brought in to coach the linebackers. Ed Lamb left the linebackers and took over the safeties group that was being coached by a guy that I think is capable in Preston Hadley, but Preston's got three years, two, three years' experience. Ed Lamb's got 20, uh, let's see, 25 years of experience in coaching. He's got head coaching experience, coordinating experience. Now, he takes over safeties. Kevin Kloon takes over linebackers. Ito staying with defensive line. You've got Gennaro Guilford, who's now got 8 years, 10 years, maybe 11 years experience, I want to say, with Gennaro. And then Kalani, who's helping with the schemes, that has been doing it for years. So you've got a really solid depth of years and years and years of defensive coaching. You've got fantastic linebackers. You've got Tyler Batty who's coming back who should give you a rush off the edge. you got Mahe who can get – he can, almost has the presence in the middle of Kairos Tonga, not quite, not as consistently or as powerfully. So I would say that that defense – Probably takes a small step back, if not just a lateral step, but the problem is you can't lose anybody mm-hmm. because your depth was depleted by having to use your depth that you had built last year so no no you you can build depth and and hopefully they've got guys who've come in and replaced them. I just can't read that until I see them on a football field so they
1: they might be raw.
3: They might, be, they might be good, yeah, but they're like, wrong. Like Who would have thought we'd see Tyler Batty jump onto the field and do what he did uh-huh. before he got injured? Hey, how good was he? It was like, wow, that kid was lights out on his pass rushes. So there could be guys like that in, in order, and, and we'll see. We'll, we'll see. They're, they're going to have to find depth somewhere because they had so much vacate and they've had to use their depth. Real quick, how about the back end? Well, I I'm glad that Chaz Ayu's back, and I think that Chaz can be a very solid playmaker. I, I th- they they believe that they've got true corner depth. Um, yeah, I they, heard that. Yeah, they feel like they've got pretty good corner and backfield depth. And yeah, I would I would actually tend to agree that well, maybe your most depth would be linebackers, but you do have some depth in that defensive backfield. Um, I don't think you have world beaters back there, but I think you got guys that you know are going to be versatile and can get the job done, and and guys that you can run dif- different types of defenses with. I think you've got guys that you can trust in certain matchups to run a press, depending on the receiver they're seeing across from. I mean, you don't want to get up there and try to sit on Britton Covey when he's sitting in a slot. You don't want to try to press a guy like that that can that that can slip by anybody, but. You know what I'm talking about. Finding the matchups you feel like you can press and run those styles of defense.
1: We'll have hands break down the Utes and their talent level and what they're looking like in the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, but first we have uh, coming up the Not Sports Report, which is Austin's favorite segment on the show every single day. And uh, It's no
6: whole world news, but it's
1: pretty uh, good. And, and
6: it's, you,
3: you, like, you like the Not Sports Report? He hates it. Yeah. Why are you shaking your head?
1: He hates it. He hates it. <laughs> Who died? Who uh, and, next? and coming up, at the, actually, actually, I'm going to go tender. I'm going to go. I'm going to go soft and tender during the Not sports. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's rather, yucky. it's rather. Said, it's rather. It's rather sad. I'm going to warn you. I Thought you meant you were going to build a tender account. No. <laughs> I know it'll be sad. It's 450. Yeah, we're it'll aware. be sad. Uh, and then we have David Locke coming up in, at uh, near the top of the hour. So uh, we've got lots to look forward to. And we'll get to it coming up next.
0: The Top Sixty and Sixty is back on the Zone Sports Network. Get your college football fix every day at 1.30 as the Zone counts you down to the start of the twenty twenty one season by listing off the top sixty players in the state of Utah, as voted on by the local media. You'll also hear from the coaches as they talk about the players that will impact their season the most. It's the Top Sixty and Sixty weekdays at 1.30. presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon on your home of the best college football coverage in Utah, 97.5 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Your home for the best college football coverage in Utah. This is your Utes at 50 update on 97.5 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.
6: Kyle Whittingham and the Utes, they open a week from tomorrow against Weber State. Who will be the quarterback? Everyone except Utah is saying officially it's Charlie Brewer. One thing Utah has said officially is there will only be a quarterback.
4: Well, we have a one and we have a two. And we've not historically been a two-platoon system or, or uh, rotating guys. That's not the plan right now. I guess anything's possible, but as of right now, that's not the plan.
6: The Davis Vision Summer Lasik Sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses. Save a $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call 253-3080. That's 801-253-3080, Davis Vision.
0: Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
1: Welcome back. It is the big show. I'm Gordon Monson. He is Hans Olson. Austin Horton producing. And uh, now is a special time of
3: day where we have the not sports report, and that's brought to us by who? Hans? That would be Larry Jamil, Used Car Supermarket. That's my crew. Those are my guys. Just bought another car from Larry Jamil, Used Car Supermarket. What'd you get? Just a couple days ago. Um It just. uh I'm not gonna say because you'll make fun of it. What? Yeah.
1: It's on. pronounced Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: the Nod Sports Report is brought to you by LHM Used Cars Supermarket. Over a thousand used vehicles in inventory. Shop online at LHMUsedCars.com. Uh, it's a 2012 Geo Metro hatchback.
1: And uh, was that meant for someone in particular in your family? Yeah, my wife. So she's enjoying that. Last time I saw her, she was driving. Uh I think it was
6: some big luxury SUV. Mm-hmm. You, <laughs> you mean the the as in a Nissan Altima, <laughs> the Geo Metro that was discontinued in 1997.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the one. Can you not draw? Can you not draw facts out on this show? Okay? So I'm what,
1: just. Did, he, did, you, did you buy her like
3: a Lamborghini or something? No, no, heck no.
1: I know how you feel about Amanda, and I'm sure that you would get her. As nice a car
3: as she wanted to have. Yeah, and that, and that was a Geo Metro.
1: Were they discontinued <laughs> in the 80s? Why no, 97. You, oh, Why didn't you give her, yeah. uh, give her like a Chevy Astro van or something?
3: <laughs> She's a, she drove that for like four years, so we thought <laughs> we'd change it up a
6: little bit. <laughs> what are you guessing, Austin? As far as the make and model? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with a uh, 2009 Ford Taurus, <laughs> golden color. Uh, uh three good wheels he's Oxi- looking for oxidation
3: a on the hood. Yeah. The two thousand nine Taurus were all recalled because of the oxidation <laughs> on the hood. They had a full paint recall, remember?
1: We
6: know the, the the people at LHMU's car have better product than that. I don't well, know. Every
1: once in a while, you know, they might have like a nineteen seventy-two Datsun B two ten or something,
6: you know?
3: I I love those guys. So there's been multiple times. I go down there to shop for my cars. I bought probably four or five cars from them. And Travis Johnson's always there. And uh, literally, I'll have these guys. I'll have a car ready to buy. And Travis will walk out and be like, no. I'm like, uh, but I want this one. He's like, no, we're not going to say that one. Because uh, he knows you well enough yeah. to know what you He's really like, want. He's go, like, go find a different one and a better one. Hmm. Yeah, that, that That's too cheap for your wife. <laughs> He's so funny, man. He always defends a man.
1: I'm guessing maybe a, uh, I'm thinking maybe a, I don't know, maybe a Mercedes or no. something. No, no, no. All right, real quick, let me get through this non sports report. And this is kind of a uh, t- two things, real quick. Uh, there was a, a puppy that has been born, and it's uh, now being held at a rescue uh, dog uh, shelter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In Northern California. And it's a little baby uh, a puppy uh, bulldog. Yeah. But. Uh, it has uh, something unusual. They thought it had two tails. Oh. But it turns out it's got five legs. Oh, really? Yeah.
3: Out its back end, huh?
1: Yeah. And and that's, I don't know. So just, it just has an extra I was, leg. I have a soft spot for dogs. I mean, there it is, Hans. Take a look at it. Oh, he's a cutie. Yeah. yeah. And I know you have a soft spot for dogs. Oh, and yeah. And so I was reading this, and then I stumbled on a story about. Dogs who reach that point in life where they need to be put down. Yeah.
6: No, we're not. No, no, and and, and we're not doing uh, this. Well, oh,
1: I, I, this happened to me with my beloved dog, and uh, and uh, he got to the point where we had to put him down, and he was he was really old for he was a big German Shepherd, wonderful dog. And my wife and I took him down to the vet, and I said, I can't go in, I can't go in. So she went in and did the paperwork, and I'm outside with my dog, and I'm just you know hugging him, and oh. and 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 then my wife takes him in, and I like that. I I just couldn't I I couldn't handle it, Hans. Oh. And did you not go so in? I didn't oh. go in, and and I don't know whether she was actually there, but I read this story that uh, a vet was talking about. He said that ninety percent of dog owners. Don't go in with their dog when they're put down. No, that's that's a that's a mistake, and it sure is. Yeah. But I didn't know this, and the, and the vet was saying what most dogs do, who are left alone by their owner in their final minutes. Oh, this is making me sick. Or not? Yeah. Come on, and, I'm gonna and, throw up. And they said that they usually are frantically looking for their owner. Oh gosh, and, and I and I thought okay, I, the reason I this is like a PSA here. If you love your dog and you're taking him, it's that time, that time, go in with them, Because who wants to see a dog looking for frantically for oh, their owner their final man? Oh, Is this a mistake? I've listened,
3: yeah, I've listened to a thousand not sports reports. Why you got to save the dog put down one for me, man? Like, I'm the biggest dog lover. <laughs> oh, man, I've had a rough it's morning.
6: A- Austin, what are you doing? I tried to stop this, but here we are.
3: Are you doing this because of me? No. Yes. No, I just found <laughs> he this, saved this I saved this since Thursday. I did not. I did not. <laughs> That's
1: a real dirtbag move, man. I did not. I did not. This one got me, Hans. Uh, and, so, and so I really didn't want to do it, but then I thought, I got to do it. To to,
3: tell
6: to ruin everyone's day.
1: no, not to ruin their day. To make sure they don't make the mistake you and know, can't of, 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 sleep tonight. of
3: leaving their dog alone. I, I will get on board with you this, with this, and I will tell everybody: don't do that. Yeah. Those dogs absolutely—they need you in those final minutes. They don't want that panic. And I'll also give people a l- little bit further advice on that. There are um, home services that will actually come to your house so the dog's in the comfort of his own bed with his own little blanket and toy by him and family around him, and they can actually administer the service of, of putting the dog down at home. Wow. If you can seek and find that, do it, because then the dog is completely comfortable. He's happy with his family. And lights go out, and then yeah. it's just the most humane way possible to put your dog down. That is a fantastic
1: idea and a fantastic service. One of my favorite columns that I ever read <laughs> was <laughs> by by a friend of mine, uh, Rich Toskis, who had two dogs, and it came time to put them down. They were the same age, and he spent the night with them on that last night, and that that story stood out in my mind. It's it's just a beautiful, very sad but beautiful thing. So anyway, man, you really picked a doozy for me, bud. <sighs> Sorry about that. <laughs> I apologize if uh, if you got the sprinklers uh, going on in the back of your eyes.
3: Even even Andrew's sitting there like, oh, geez. Someone had to follow
1: this up. (laughs) Okay, well, let's try and pick it up a little bit. Let's try to find a little bit of humor moving forward.
6: After this story, we all might take the injections at this point. It'd be less painful. Andrew from Wasatch Medical Clinic with us. Let's really change the subject here, Andrew, and talk about something that is good news for everyone out there. If you're struggling with ED, there's a simple non-invasive solution, isn't there?
5: Yes, there is. And by the way, Gordon, I'm a golden doodle owner as of a week ago. First time in my life uh, of having a pet. So, you know, hopefully it'll be a long time before I have to go through anything oh, like that. I'm so that.
6: sorry you're doing this show today. I, I apologize on behalf of Gordon.
5: <laughs> but that's right, guys. If you're out there struggling in the bedroom, uh, probably hating the pill. I, I don't really meet anybody that likes taking the pill for AD. Uh So guys either ignore the problem where they take the pill and put up with the side effects. And that's kind of been the only options for 30 years. Not great. Then acoustic wave therapy comes along. Wasatch Medical has helped pioneer this technology. We use the most proven and studied form. It opens up and regrows blood vessels. It improves circulation. And it's backed by 50 clinical studies. One study, Uh, Took a group of men, gave them a sham treatment, basically fake technology. Then they gave them the treatment with our technology, engaged the results, and took x-rays. No surprise, the real technology, ours, regrew blood vessels and improved blood flow. So the science is sound. We really can improve performance in the bedroom without the use of pills.
6: So uh, give them a call, Wasatch Medical Clinic, 801-901-8000. You'll get uh, a lot of good care uh, discreetly, and it's all free, isn't it, Andrew?
5: It is all free. The assessment exam and blood flow ultrasound, you can ask all the questions you want. You'll have your blood flow tested. It's totally free. You get uh, the gift that produces immediate results in the bedroom, very popular, Uh, all totally no charge. 801-901-8000
6: Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, guys. David Locke is up next unless he heard this segment and doesn't want any part of it here on The Zone.